So today we're actually going to talk about how to raise kids in today's culture. And, you know, this is one of those services that sometimes I feel like I'm not qualified for this, all right? I'm not qualified to be teaching this, but it, it's, it is actually the third most asked for topic. It was number three on the list. We wanted to know as, as a church, how do you do this? It's hard work raising kids. Can I get a witness? So, um, so we have, Annalise and I, we have four boys, and we've been parenting now for almost 15 years. Uh, uh, we got married when we were 15, so that's why we look so young. Uh, just kidding, just kidding. Uh, no, we, we've been parenting almost 15 years. We have, um, our oldest is going to be a sophomore in high school next year. Our youngest is going to be a kindergartner. It's going to be a long time before we're empty nesters, come on. It's going to be a while, but we signed up for that gig. You know, people ask us sometimes, well, you know what causes kids, don't you? And we're like, yeah, we're just not willing to give it up. So, uh, so we, it's part, part of it, right? So, uh, no, really, really, I want you guys to know we don't get it right all the time. You know, we've been doing this for a while, and some of you have been doing it way longer than us. You've got great-grandkids and grandkids. We don't get it right all the time. We mess up. We have made a lot of mistakes through the, through the years. We've had opportunities to learn from our own mistakes. Come on. Y'all with me today? So, so parenting is hard work, and it's, it's not the easiest thing that, you, that you'll ever do in life. And so um, I've learned that there are some things that I thought about parenting 15 years ago, a philosophy I had about parenting that I just don't think is true anymore, Right? <laughs> You ever felt that way before? Or maybe, maybe you've realized that you can't parent each child the same because every child is a little bit different. You ever thought about that? So every child is different. We gotta parent them different. We gotta love them different. We love them the same, we love them the same but not equally. Come on, right? It looks a little bit different for each child. And so um, I remember for us when we had Garrett almost 15 years ago, we documented everything. I mean, everything. We got the first, you know, it's like the first poop, the first tooth, the first everything. We've got pictures galore. Everything has a picture. And, and then num- number two, Gavin comes along, and we, we are lucky if we can remember his birthday parties. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and then the, the next two, the last two boys came along, and there is no documentation that they are ours. It's just, we don't know what happened. No. The best thing that ever happened to us was these right here when it comes to taking pictures and it's always there. It beats having that big old uh, camcorder, you know what I'm saying? Like you're, you're walking around like this and VHS trying to record things. So it's different for, for people, it's different for each child. Uh, I came across this, this uh, little, little funny thing that I found a couple years ago and I, I shared it a few years ago. I thought we'd share it again today. For all of you um, moms out there, for a little bit of a laugh now, I didn't write this, so you can't be mad at me if you don't like it, all right? A a woman wrote this, so if you want to get mad, ladies, you got to get mad at a woman because I didn't write this. Just clarifying that, all right? So this is the journey. This is the journey of kind of how things change, all right? So with maternity clothes, with your first baby, you begin wearing maternity clothes as soon as your OB confirms you're pregnant. We got to go to the store, got to get some maternity clothes. Like you got you to gotta look the part. But with your second baby, you wear maternity clothes as long as you can, right? I mean, you wear, you wear your regular clothes as long as you can because you, you don't want to get in those maternity clothes. But number three, your maternity clothes are your regular clothes. <laughs> I didn't write that. 
A lady wrote that. I'm just, I'm just repeating. It was pretty funny though. Uh, okay. Go, when you're going out, when you're going out, the first time you go out with your first baby, you call home every five minutes. Is he okay? Is, 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 is he fine? Like, is he, is he taking a nap? Where, how's he doing? We're, we'll come home. We'll come home right now. And, and with your second baby though, j- just before you walk out, you realize I got to leave you my number, right? <laughs> but with your third baby, you leave the instructions. You only call me if there is blood. We are unreachable. We're not telling you where we're going. We'll be back later, no specific time. We're, we're gonna be gone for a while. And then when they swallow a coin, right? The first, the first child, you rush them to the hospital. You demand x-rays. We gotta have an x-ray. He's choking. Second child, you carefully watch for the coin to pass. Kind of gross, but the third child, you deduct it from their allowance. (laughs) Yep. Oh, yeah. So it's it's good to have a laugh every once in a while. Can I get a witness? You know, it's good to just laugh a little bit. And and to all you moms and you ladies who, um, you want to be a mom one day, uh, maybe you're in the process of trying to be a mom. Listen, uh, I just want to tell you, look across the room, look through that camera and just tell you, you're doing a good job. Can I get a witness? You just, you're doing good. You may feel like it's, it is hard. Yeah, come on, you're doing a good job. You're doing a good job. Some of you have a full-time job apart from being a full-time mom. It's, it's a lot of work to be a mom. And some of you are single moms in the house. You're raising, you're raising kids on your own and we honor you for that because that is hard work. And so I just want you to know we love you and we honor you and, and you're, you're doing good. You're doing better than you think you are. Amen. So um, here's, here's the thing. Um, if we're going to talk about parenting today, we've got to know that, that we, can't, we can't get all the answers we need in this one sermon. Like it would take two months worth of small groups in order for us to get all of the teaching and everything we need about parenting, which is, by the way, talking about small groups. Yesterday, we just finished up our small group semester with the, just the greatest finale at the Freedom Conference. Where's all the Freedom people at? Yeah. Woo. Got my Freedom people in the room. And, and, and if you're like, what, what is Freedom? You just gotta, you gotta find out for yourself. We do Freedom twice a year. We do it in the, in the spring and in the fall. So coming up this fall, we're going to have um, um, uh, another freedom semester, and it is incredible, 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 and we end it with a conference every semester, and so, uh, but, but for real, uh, we ended small groups yesterday, and we're beginning a new small group semester in just a couple weeks on June 6th, so one of the best ways that I've found to help, like, help me parent is actually just getting around other parents who are parenting, come on, right? Yeah. You just get around other people, and you learn from them. And that, one of the best ways you could do that is through a small group. And so maybe you love parenting, maybe you're good at parenting, maybe you have gifts in parenting and and you could share those with other people through a small group. Or maybe you feel like you're terrible at parenting. You can still create a small group and just invite other people to come along and just learn from each other. And so small groups start in just a few weeks. You can actually sign up to lead a group on, on our website or through the Church Center app today. But if we're gonna parent, then we, we've gotta make it a priority. We've got to prioritize parenting. So um, today, what I wanted to do is I want to give you four actions that every, all of our kids need from us. And, and the problem, or not the problem, the challenge with, parent, with a parenting message 
is that it doesn't apply to everybody right now. Because some of you aren't parents yet. Some of you, you're, you're empty nesters. And so it doesn't apply to everybody. But my goal is to give you a message today that will apply across the board. You can apply this no matter where you are in life. Are in life. Okay, you got it? So here's four actions that we all need, but especially our kids. Number one, we all need appropriate affection. I'm talking about human touch. And if we've got some blanks in your worship guides. If you want to take notes, you can, you can jot that down. We all need appropriate affection. Now, what does that mean? See, every one of us, we have a skin hunger. There's a part of all of us that we want the high five, we want the attaboy, we want the pat on the back, we want somebody giving us the bear hug, telling us we're doing a good job and that they're proud of us. We all have a desire for that. But, but if, if we don't give our kids affection in the home, they're going to find it some way, some other way. If, if we don't give it to them in the home, they're going to find it some other way. And, and dads, I know this is a Mother's Day message, but if I can talk to the dads for a moment. Dads, we get the bad rap sometimes, uh, and, and they say that we're just emotionless, right? Like that we're the emotional equivalent of a brick, okay? And I just don't think that's true. Dads, I don't think that's true. We're, we're not like that. But, but it does come with some consequences if we're not affectionate towards our kids. So if, if we don't have uh, an, an affectionate atmosphere in our homes, we're going to raise boys who don't know how to express themselves emotionally or will raise girls who figure out a way to express themselves sexually. And what I've witnessed just being in ministry for almost 18 years is that the promiscuous teenagers are typically the ones who don't have a positive male influence in their life or they don't have an affectionate father. That's what I've witnessed through the years. And so... Uh, it's, it's not an excuse for us to just say, well, I'm just not like that. That's just not me. I'm not an affectionate kind of guy. You know, my parents had that affection bypass surgery, and it just bypassed me. <laughs> you know, I, I understand, you know, there, there's a little bit of that. But listen, we, we've, got to, we've got to decide right now that we're going to pour the affection on, that we're, that we're going to make a difference, that we're not going to let our kids be molded and shaped in the way that we were molded and shaped. So we're going to pour the affection on. How do we do it? Well, we pour it on. That's, that's part of the point. How do we give our kids affection? Pour it on. Give it to them. Like, don't, don't just, it's not a little dab will do you. You just got to give it. And so for my boys, um, for my boys, it really this is something that I, I love. Like, I'm the physical touch guy in the family. Like, Annalise is not the PDA person. She's not the physical touch person. I, I love just, just loving all my boys. Uh, and if, if we're going to, if, if to kind of pour the affection on, let's, let's go back to that scripture, 1 John 3, 18. If we can go back a slide, then, then we need to stop saying that we love them, and we actually need to start showing that we love them. So let's not just say it, but let's show it. So with my boys, I do whatever it takes. I'm goosing, I'm, we're wrestling, we're, we're playing. I'm gonna give them the attaboy. I'm gonna, I'm gonna tuck them in at night. I'm gonna, I'm gonna uh, at our house, no joke, if we're watching TV, who do they wanna sit with? Me. I mean, there, yesterday was a great example. All, all five of us boys were on one couch just crunched up together because they all they fight over who gets to sit by dad and I'll, I'll I'll want that for them I don't want them wondering does does dad love me 
I mean, he doesn't really say much. He doesn't really, he doesn't really show much. I want them to know beyond the shadow of a doubt, I love you, baby. I love you, right? And so I tell them constantly, but I work to show them as well. Romans 12 says it this way, that we've got to love each other with a, a genuine, an authentic love, and we've got to take delight in honoring one another. Take delight in honoring one another. So we've got to pour the affection on. Does that make sense? All right. The second thing that we've got to do to, for our kids, but also all of us need this, is we need some affirming accountability. We need accountability in our lives. In other words, we need to be responsible. But our kids need to learn this as well. And this, one, this one's a big one for me uh, I, because I've always been responsible. It's been a characteristic, a strength of mine. I have done it since I was a kid. I was the youngest of four boys. Like we, I was just, that was my nature. We all need accountability. We may not want it, but we need it. So, so a lack of accountability will show itself in three ways. It's ABC. It'll show up in apathy. So, so a person who's not accountable just says, well, I, don't, I just don't have to worry about being responsible. I mean, it's not, you know, that's not, I'm not responsible for being responsible. It's not my problem. It'll show up in blame, B, blame. It's, it's not my fault. It's their fault. And our kids will do that to us sometimes. Well, I didn't do that. I, well, somebody must have done it, right? I mean, it didn't just happen. Something, something happened. It's blame. Or it's this cradle me mentality. And you know what that is, right? It's this, I've been cradled all my life, and everybody has always done things for me, so someone else will figure it out. I don't have to worry about it. And this is, this is actually, it's a danger for our kids to, to live with a lack of accountability and a lack of responsibility. So how do we breed this, the lack of responsibility in our kids? How do we breed that? I think we do it. I know that, hey, I know this is supposed to be an encouraging, uplifting Mother's Day sermon. Maybe it should have been a Father's Day sermon. I'm not sure. But, but if our kids are, if they lack accountability, we have to take the responsibility. Come on. That's not in my notes, but that was good right there. If, if they lack accountability, it's our responsibility. So how do we breed a lack of accountability in them? It's when we, when we decide that we're going to do everything for them, right? We, we solve all of their problems. We take care of all of their needs. And so it causes them to not, to not be accountable. It's, it, here's a great example. When you're griping at your kids for not cleaning up after themselves while you clean up after them. It's a, that's a lack of accountability. You kids never clean up after yourself and you just start cleaning up after them, right? What, what does that do? It breeds a lack of accountability, a lack of responsibility. It's, it's, um, it's also shown by the way that we make money way too easy and not valuable enough. What do you think? Money grows on trees? Yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you just swipe the card, Dad, right? Just, it, it's kind of, it's, it's that, it's a lack of accountability and responsibility. So what kids learn by our lack of accountability with them is that they don't have, they don't have to do much and they don't have to care because we'll just do it for them. I might be stepping on some toes today. I might should just think about this before I preach like this on Mother's Day next year. No, it's good. Is anybody getting, is it helping anybody? Okay, so, so here, here, here's a great example. We tell our kids that they do nothing wrong right? 
We breed lack of accountability when we tell them they do nothing wrong, that nothing is their fault, that it's not their problem. And so we'll say things like, like, sweetheart, you failed that test because the teacher's a bad teacher. Oh, really? It's just a bad teacher. It's not that she forgot to study for the test. That has nothing to do with it. It's just the teacher's bad. Or, boy, I tell you what, the only reason you're not getting playing time out there is because the coach knows you're the best on that team. Or maybe he's not. But we, we make up reasons. Or, or we say things like, honey, your ears aren't big. They just call you Dumbo because they like Disney. It's not. <laughs> maybe he has big ears, right? I had friends call me Elf, right? That's, I, they just thought I had big ears. So I, it's, it, you're going to go through things like that in life. Let's just let's breed accountability in our kids and not a lack of it. So what do we have to do to breed accountability? You write this in your notes. You've got to allow consequences. Come on, allow some consequences for the kids. So what if they forget their cleats, Pastor Ben? Then I guess they would just play without their cleats. Oh, but they'll get embarrassed, but they probably won't forget their cleats again. And what does it do? Breeds accountability. Okay, I'm responsible to get my stuff together. Not one person to get it. Hey, moms, I'm going to save you all right here. Moms, it, it's, you shouldn't have to get everybody ready all the time. Come on. At some point, they're going to leave your house, and you can't show up to do their laundry every day, right? We're going to have to breed that accountability into them. So kids, some of the, some of the best, one of the best things you could do for your mom this Mother's Day is to move out. Just move out of the house. Just leave, just leave home. And you, come on, somebody said amen over here. They're like, amen. Hallelujah. Preach it, brother. So that's, in a real way, I mean, at some point, really the goal is to, to release them, right? So let's breed this accountability. So consequences. He probably won't forget to bring his cleats again if we let him, if we let him leave. But if you keep bailing them out, guess what you're going to have to keep doing? Bailing them out. It's going to happen over and over and over again. So, uh, Proverbs 27 says it this way, that a prudent person foresees the danger. Prudent parents, they kind of see what's ahead of them. They see what lies ahead. They, they see that college is coming and they don't know how to do laundry we better work on that, right? They take precautions, but the simpleton just goes blindly and suffers the consequences. They suffer the consequences. This reminds me of parents who count to three. You know who you are. We count, we count to five from, from backwards to five. We, so, so what am I talking about? You know. Johnny, you get in here right now at this dinner table or you're not gonna get any food tonight. You will go hungry the rest of the night. One, I'm gonna count to three, Johnny. You better be in here by the time I count to three or I'm gonna throw away all of your Paw Patrol toys right now. <laughs> Two, if you, you do not wanna see the cyclone of fury that's inside of me right now, you better get in here right now. I'm starting over, Johnny. One. <laughs> yeah. We laugh, y'all laugh really hard at that because you know it's true. We, we start over. It's, it's funny, it is funny, but if I can just kind of bring the plane, land the plane here for a second, um, you're not gonna throw away their toys. You're, you're not, you're not gonna make them go without dinner. 
and they know it. (laughs) They are smart human beings. They have learned from the time they were a little child that you're not going to do what you say. So I'm just going to get away with it. Come on, am I, I, I know that's hard for us. Man, we love our kids, but come on, we gotta, we've got to bring some affirming accountability. Some, something that, hey, we've got to hold you accountable right here. All right, number three. Is that, is that, I hope, uh, is that okay? All right, I'm going to move on. This one's going to be a little bit lighter, everybody. This one's going to be a little bit lighter. Number three is we've got to have some amazing adventure. I'm talking about have some fun as a family. Come on, let's have some fun. Let's do something that brings a little bit of laughter, a little bit of joy. So, so this is one that I think most of us, we, we, we could appreciate this because we're stressed out. And one of the best ways to relieve some stress is to bring in some laughter. Come on, to just have a little bit of fun today. Um, and in fact, the, the generation right now, Generation Z, which is like nine years old to 23 years old, is the most stressed out generation in America today. How is that? It's like I don't understand how that's possible, but it's possible that they're a, a generation that's hurting right now because as parents, as coaches and teachers, we're constantly saying run faster, jump higher, be smarter, play, play harder, be more athletic, be, be more academic, do all of these things better, 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 more, 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 more. And what we really need more of is some laughter. We need to have a little bit of fun. We, we need to inject a little bit of joy into our lives. And uh, Proverbs 17, says it this way, that a cheerful heart is good medicine. Hey, you, a cheerful heart, it's medicine. So if you, if you need to take some medicine to get you out of the slumps, maybe you just need to watch America's Funniest Home Videos for about three hours, right? Just watching people fall and bust it and... It just, just have a good laugh at somebody else's expense, right? Just maybe, maybe it's, because here, here's the thing, a broken spirit, man, a broken spirit, when, when you're walking in depression, when you're, when you're stressed out, it zaps your strength. It zaps your strength. So a glad heart makes a happy face. So how do we do that? How do we inject fun into the family? Um, well, I think you, you have to lighten up and you have to schedule it. Because if it's not on your calendar, it's not going to happen. I know some of us like to be spontaneous too, though. I like spontaneous things. But maybe you need to, maybe you need to plan some spontaneous things, right? <laughs> that doesn't make sense. Yeah. Plan it. Put it on your calendar. Uh, uh, like do a lake day. Go, go rent a boat somewhere and just, hey, family, we're, we're going on a little day trip. We're going to just have some fun today. We're going to go to DFW. We're going to go to Fort Worth. We're going to go up to... Oklahoma City, we're going to whitewater raft today where the Olympians train. What? Really? Yeah, it's fun. Come on, have, have some fun. One of the things we've done as a family is um, a couple years ago for Christmas, we, we decided that we're not going to do Chris, a lot of Christmas gifts anymore because within two to three months, they're lost, broken, or forgotten about. Come on, you know what I'm talking about? And so we decided that we're going to spend our our dollars at Christmas time on a Christmas vacation. And we're going we're gonna to do fun things as a family. We're not going to buy all of the toys and all of that stuff because it'll be forgotten. But that memory that they get will live on forever. You know, me, Annalise, and Gideon will never forget the time we were in San Antonio riding scooters and we got pulled over by the police, right? We just, <laughs> we weren't doing anything wrong uh, well, I guess we were breaking the law by, because he was not old enough to be on the scooter. So we, we're just like, breaking the law, breaking the law. Just, 
We're having a blast. We're going to remember that for the rest of our life. It'll be something fun that it was an experience we had together. And we need to have some fun. In fact, the last Sunday of every year, the very last Sunday of every year, we take that Sunday off. We don't even have church that Sunday of the year. We call it a Sabbath Sunday. So you can go have some fun with your family too. So that you can inject some fun into your family. So here's, here's the thing. If they don't experience fun in your house, they're going to find somewhere else to experience it. So why not create an atmosphere in your home where they can have a little bit of fun? And then number four, the fourth one is an anxiety-free atmosphere. Every one of us need this. We need an anxiety-free atmosphere. We need a place where we can have peace. Come on, we, we need a place where we can find the peace of God. And I'm not talking about a perfect home. I'm talking about a peaceful home. So um, with four boys, and we live in a neighborhood full of kids, our house is chaotic a lot of times. It's chaotic. In fact, I'll come home from work sometimes, and there'll be people in my house I don't even know. Kids in the refrigerator digging through stuff. They're chopping down trees in my yard. I'm like, what are y'all doing? You can't, you, can't just, you can't just poke holes in, 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 in stuff in my garage. You can't take my tools out of my toolbox. What are you doing, right? It's chaotic. But we do strive to have a peaceful home. It's not always, it's not always quiet, but we strive to have a home that is full of peace. And, and, um, and what does that look like? What does a peaceful home look like? I, I think it looks like a, a home where where discipline doesn't include screaming and yelling. I think it's a home where you have boundaries, but you don't have rules over everything. Here's, here's your guidelines. Here's your boundaries. I think it's a home where you, you allow friends to come over. Hey, I would, rather, I would rather their friends come to my house than my boys go to somebody else's house. I don't know who they are. I, I'd rather that happen in, in my home because I... I it's a home of peace. You, you can, uh, what, what a peaceful home looks at, lo- looks like is if you're married, it's a mom and dad who are madly in love with one another because your kids need confidence knowing that they're not gonna end up in a broken home. It's, it's, it's peace. It's a, it's a home without comparison where they're not being compared to the kid down the street or their brother or their sister. It's a place where you don't have to worry. It's anxiety-free. And, and uh, the question is, how do, you, how do you get that? How do you turn up the volume of peace in your, in your family? How do you turn it up in your home? And the quick answer is this, is that if you want peace in your home, then you need a relationship with the giver of peace. Right? That if you, if you want peace in your home, then you're going to have to connect with the Prince of Peace. And I know that after a message like this, there's some, a lot of laughter, which I love to laugh. But there's also some really sharp points in there that hopefully get you thinking. And, and maybe, you're, maybe you feel guilty right now because you're, you're thinking, I wish, I wish I had done better about the affection or the fun. I wish I had done better about the, the accountability. And maybe you're feeling a little bit guilty about that right now. I just, I just want to re- relieve you a little bit. And that the best time for you to be great at those things maybe was a long time ago. The second best time is right now. 
the second best time for you to, to become the, the parent, the person that God wants you to be is right now. And so this message is not really so much about you as a parent as much as it is about you as a person, you as an individual. And so I'd love for you to just bow your heads, close your eyes, and, and let me give you an opportunity to respond to this message today. See, the word, the word peace, the biblical word for peace means absence of war absence of war what it means is you're not at war with God you're not at war with yourself and you're not at war with anybody else you're not at war with within it means that there's nothing missing nothing broken the peace of God is here so maybe today um, maybe today you've just not had peace in your home you're a Christian you're going to heaven but it's just been absent of peace there's been a lot of war Maybe between you and your spouse or your kids. Maybe your kids are going through a rebellious stage right now and there's just not any peace. But you would say, Pastor Ben, today I want peace. I need peace in my family. I need peace in my life today. And, and I, just, I just, I need it. Well, the Bible says the best way for you to get peace is actually to pray. It says that in Philippians 4, to be anxious for nothing... Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, through prayer and petition, present your request to God. And when you do that, the peace of God that transcends all understanding will guard your heart and mind. So the best way you can inject some peace today is through prayer. And if that's you, you just say, Pastor Ben, we need some, I need prayer. I need peace. Would you just slip up your hand right now? I need peace in the home. If that's you, just slip it up. Be bold. Come on. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Need peace. Need some peace. If you would just keep your hands lifted there, I'm going to pray for you right now. Father, for every hand that's lifted up, who's, who's just going through a season right now where, where they need peace, where there's some things that have happened, there's some things that have taken place that maybe have, that there's, there is a little bit of war going on in themselves or maybe with, with someone else or maybe even with you. God, I pray that today you would just break down the walls, the things that are keeping the peace from coming into their families today. Lord, I pray that you would guard their hearts and minds. Lord, your word says that you will keep in perfect peace every person who keeps their mind on you. Lord, today I just pray for an injection of the Holy Spirit, of the power of God, of the peace of God into every family represented here today. Lord, that we will be, we will be kept in perfect peace, that peace that passes understanding will guard our hearts and minds. Lord, that, that, um, that no weapon formed against them will prosper. Lord, I thank you for peace like a river in their homes and in their families and in themselves today. In Jesus' name. And, with your heads still bowed, if, if you're here today, maybe you're far from God. Maybe you don't have a relationship with God. The only way you can have peace in your life, like, like maybe, maybe you feel guilty. Maybe you feel the weight of your sin, the weight of your shame. You're, you're carrying your sin and you're trying to deal with it yourself. The only way that you can get any help with that is if you start a relationship with the Prince of Peace, with the Giver of Peace. And so if you're here today, you're far from God, but you want to come close to God. You want to begin a relationship with Jesus today. You want to have a relationship with Him. If that's you, peace can be yours today, but you've got to make a decision for it. You've got to decide in your heart that I'm, I'm surrendering everything to God. I want to make Him the Lord of my life 
and I want him to be the prince, the king of my life. He's the prince of peace and he will cleanse you and wash you and give you a fresh start today. If that's you on the count of three, I want you to slip up your hand. One, two, three. That's me, Ben. I want a relationship with the Prince of Peace. One, two. Anybody else? Anybody else would say, that's me. Three. I see you in the back. Anybody in the balcony would say, that's me. I'm, I'm ready to have a relationship with Jesus. Four. Anybody else? Five. I see you in the back. Anyone else? That's me, Pastor Ben. I want a relationship with the Prince of Peace. I want to walk in peace. I want the power of God, the truth of God, the strength of God. I see you back here. Thank you. Anybody else? see you up front thank you so much come on let's say this prayer together for everybody who's raised their hands six or seven folks who said that I want the Prince of Peace let's say this together say Jesus I give you my life thank you for loving me for giving me peace that passes understanding joy unspeakable I receive it now will you be my Lord my savior my best friend forgive me cleanse me from everything that's not like you wash me clean and from this day forward i will serve you i will love you and i will live for you the best that i know how in jesus name everybody said amen amen come on let's thank god today let's give god praise for salvation in this place today Amen.